Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastor Care Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. You're hereby in charge of the banter. Oh, am I? Okay. I'm good at banter. <laughs> Usually I say something like, how are you, Carolyn? What's up, Carolyn? Or, Carolyn, how's life been? And we kind of get into some things. But last podcast, for those who might listen to us in some sort of sequential sort of manner or fashion, we didn't banter. We did not. As much. It was a very good discussion, but it was a little bit more serious and... We went a little bit more in depth than we usually do. Yeah. Dove right in. That's good. Yes. But people do like the banter. Yes. They like that friendly kind of across mm-hmm. the fence conversation. Mm-hmm. It breaks the ice and makes us, I think it just makes us feel comfortable even subconsciously. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, <laughs> come on in, have a seat. That's right. More friendly. Yes. Yes. It allows like to them to know friendly. a bit of a personal dimension, which yes. I think is important as well. You're in charge of the okay. banter, so at least how, for today's Okay, I'm going to flip the tables on you, and you. I want to ask you, David, how are you today? Well, Carolyn, I have been engrossed in this thought. You have to be honest. <laughs> I am being honest. I've been engrossed in this thought okay. of, um, I think the Bible puts it discord <laughs> amongst the brethren. That's not what I was looking for. But okay. But you, but you asked me. Right? I know. But and I see, this is why you were in charge of the banter. <laughs> but it is something that we see a lot. And even before we sat down to record the podcast today, talked about it uh case, a session mm-hmm. you and I were discussing, mm-hmm. uh, where there's discord amongst the brethren. And, you know, there there's discord amongst the brethren, period. Right. But there's discord amongst the brethren that otherwise would lead to something along the way of uh, separation, falling apart, uh, breaking the bond. Mm. That That is really, really, really not something... <laughs> God wants. Right. Uh, and so, um, I've been preoccupied with that a bit. I found this really interesting verse, too, that kind of prompted all this. Proverbs 6, several verses, beginning with 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. <laughs> when, when the King James says hate, I believe it means hate. So, mm-hmm. God doesn't like these things. Yay! Seven are an abomination unto him. Mm. Here we go. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord (laughs) among brethren. Hmm. The NIV says, a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So is discord, stirs up conflict. Well, and all of that, right, would then the six, yay, seven, right, right. as an abomination, mm-hmm. all of that would be those things that you would think would be perfect if you were intentioned to do that. And maybe your intention isn't necessarily to sort of discord per se, but if you do the first six, you're probably going to end up with seven. Mm-hmm. 
And then I suppose, I suppose if we do seven, then there's probably some that commit an unpardonable sort of sin in that way and never get it. They never change. They're constantly stirring up trouble. Well, their heart is, I mean, that's part of the verse. Their heart is, what, devising wicked schemes. I think it, the King James says imaginations. Was it evil imaginations? How did it say it? Well, you make me look at my... I'm sorry. That's right. These six things, uh, da, 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 heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Yes. So if it's in your heart, you know... What's down in the well comes up in the bucket, I've heard. <laughs> but, you know, we've talked about that mm-hmm. before in the podcast, and then even again before we sat down to record. I do think that there is a need for standard when it comes to reality and truth. <laughs> for, for all of our listeners, I don't know if I want to say this because I don't want them to go over and listen to it. We do, I do another podcast <laughs> that's a little bit less Christian oriented, same messaging. Mm-hmm. I just have to do it in more humanistic, secular sort of terms, lest nobody would listen to me and then it would be a duplication kind of what we do here. So it's an outreach, it's an outreach podcast. Mm-hmm. But that thought came to me on the other podcast the other day when I was. Uh, a recording it, I thought to myself, I thought that there are these people who really, we should all be about reality, right? There's these people who though kind of are brainwashed or persuaded that certain things are real. And for lack of standard, they don't even know how far out there they've gotten in their story, the storyline, the narrative. And psychology, as an industry or field, slash industry, kind of came into existence in really that same sort of manner in this way. It was all about physiology. (laughs) This is phrenology. You measured the bumps on people's heads. You could tell about where the brain was. You could tell about how it developed. You could measure how quick the impulse went from point A to point B, however you triggered that stimulus response. You can measure time, reaction time, uh, just a lot of things like that to try to understand the human brain before it morphed into what it is today, unfortunately. It should always have that basis, and psychiatry is still pretty much loyal to that. It's a medical model. Doctors do it. But social work, psychological counseling, professional counseling, um, psychologists, they've kind of gotten the weeds somewhat because now it's about narrative. And I understand metaphors are important uh, to capture things that otherwise you really have a hard time measuring in such literal sort of Mm -hmm. terms as what I've described with psychiatry and the origins of psychology and the study of the human brain and all the emotional function as well as the higher cortical functions. But the further you get out there the more the potential for the narrative to get corrupted and distorted. And with that, then that's probably the greatest evil enemy to psychology as a science, psychiatry. There's a lot of loony people out there who come up with all these crazy ideas. And because we're still not able to really understand that idea of consciousness, that idea of imaginings, Mm -hmm. as the scripture points out, we concoct a lot of stories. And people grow up with a lot of concoction in terms of stories, confabulation, 
uh, that gets passed down generationally. And unless there's a standard that comes along and helps you realize just how crazy mm -hmm. it is, you wouldn't even know it. Yeah, there's a... <laughs> I can't help but think back of a time when I worked at a foster care agency and worked with case managers, social workers, they were all social workers, and it just seems to me the further away you get from the medical model, psychiatry, say being at the top, and we go to psychologists, but when you get down the line in the counseling, that you get down to like social, and I'm not bashing on social workers, but there's no medical, there's nothing, you know, how does this really affect him is considered. It's just solely, and I was so, of course, I didn't have children at the time, but I was so perplexed and uh, surprised that it was solely on the kids as far as like everything was for them, about them, you know, um, well, you know, he did try to you know, stab his foster mother, but he was upset because he lost his dad. I mean, <laughs> I understand that, but you can't go around trying to stab people, you know. So there was just these things that I witnessed, and I was like, what? What is happening? You know, because it just seemed like it didn't make sense. But the more I learned about it, the more I'm like, okay, so there's this getting lost in the weeds where people just, it didn't make sense to me, and I didn't understand it till years later. And especially where I am now, you know, all things have to be considered and not just one part of it. And that's what I saw a lot of, just one-sided, um, you know, just looking from one perspective, from my perspective, the social work perspective. And they weren't considering anything else about the child. Well, I think you're absolutely positively on point with that. Anything that is subjective, again, runs the risk of it being biased. Right. And how far back it goes, I guess you could go back to the Garden of Eden because that's the point, is that somewhere in that childhood sort of immature place, there's these stories, this perspective. And I don't want to just say stories, narratives, because they all kind of come back in a, in a more primary sort of way mm -hmm. to the yes. devil. Yes, original <laughs> sins. And of course, my phone just went to sleep. So I don't have the verses in front of me, but as much as I'm trying to open it up again, enter the passcode, here we go. Proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, heart that deviseth wicked imaginings, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and then finally he that soweth discord among brethren. That's the devil. Now, is the devil real? Yes. Is Satan real? Yes. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. Why would I take that story over any other? <laughs> because for me, it's the truest. Mm -hmm. It bears witness to the truth in the best way. Is it still a story? Yes. It's history. Right. His story. I know it's kind of like cheesy and cliche. It's Jesus' story. I've heard yeah. that. But it is Jesus' story. Right. But it's God who gave to us a narrative mm -hmm. that fits our need perfectly. The answer, that is, 
so that we don't get lost in this craziness and bizarre sort of thinking. So that we hold fast to certain perspective. Right. It's not subjective. It's God's. Is it composite? Maybe. Is it a collective consciousness kind of a thing? You know, maybe. Is it an archetype kind of a thing? Maybe. Is it as a universal human story? I mean, maybe. Is it all based on precedent? You know, yes, maybe. But more, it originated from God who gave... Now, I believe that. Right. I believe that. Mm -hmm. And how did he do that? I think it's, again, through the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm as he would then come into and unto those that were human who wrote it in some human dimension. I mean, it's for humans, so you have to keep the, the subject matter, something that humans understand. But for me, it is truth. It is reality. And for me, and that other part of me that is the scientist, right, who learned about the empirical, hypothetical, deductive model, that whole scientific research model, right. It doesn't differ. There's nothing in the Bible that disagrees with science, except this one point, that God wrote the story. Now, for the sake of, and I'll give it to you, for the sake of contrast here, to keep us kind of where we need to be for the sake of the time that we have on the podcast, the notion of it is, if it isn't God's story, you can maybe take some things from others, more moves from the medical model into these applied arts. Mm-hmm. It's a liberal arts right. degree. Yes, exactly. It's, 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 it's exactly it's, what it's it is. this idea. The further it gets out there, the beware the, you're going yes. to lose credibility yes. in this sense. Because somebody else is going to concoct that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we read the book of Revelations the other day. It said, anybody who takes anything from this book, let it be cursed. Uh, talk about the book of Revelation. But I think you can do the whole Bible that way. Mm-hmm. That's why, though, there's liberty to kind of move off of that. You can add other pieces to that. Mm-hmm. You certainly add your unique dimension to that. Mm-hmm. It's God's story. It's Jesus' story. But you fit into that. And then hopefully the more rightly you fit into who Jesus is, who you've learned him to be, either through your mind, reading the word, or through the Holy Spirit bringing to you that awareness, those two things come together in such a way that really you become Jesus. I mean, that's really what that is intended to do. You're not Jesus, right? but Jesus wants you to be as much like him as you could possibly be, and so does God. But everything that we read in Proverbs is the devil. Mm-hmm. But people are still doing that today. So why wouldn't we expect there to be this great divide, mm-hmm. this discord amongst brethren? But we have to remember, God didn't create Adam and Eve for the sake of discord. How do I know that? Because it tells me he hates that. Mm-hmm. So the job of reconciliation then to God's story is the basis for it all. Because God hates discord. And anybody who, like with the devil, who sows those seeds Mm. of discord. I don't even know that we recognize it. How could we see it in somebody else if we don't see it in our own life? So, or we can sort of turn the other cheek or turn our head, turn our cheek away when we see that because, hello, we're participating in that. I want to share this quote from Jordan Peterson. Um... He's pretty, uh, I don't want to say prolific, but, um, you know, he has this um, 
interview that he did with Joe Rogan. And the thing about it was about the Bible being the absolute truth. And it was so profound. I, I just, it's kind of stuck with me. He said, it's not that the Bible is true. It's that the Bible is the prerequisite for the manifestation of truth, which makes it far more true than just true. It's a whole different kind of truth. And I think that's not just literally the case. In fact, I think it can't be otherwise. This is the only way to solve the problem of perception. But the whole thing about it's not that the Bible's truth, it's that like we base it's true, we base our truth on the word. Like that's the standard, and then we get truth from that, sort of. Um, it's a prerequisite for the manifestation of truth. Well, well facts are facts, mm -hmm. and the world's filled full of facts. And the medical model measures the facts, mm -hmm. right? Scientists mm -hmm. measure the facts, and I'm all about the facts. Mm -hmm. But I also recognize, though, nobody has right to claim truth, ultimately, especially if you remove the Bible or God from it, mm -hmm. More than me. <laughs> Funny. I can be whatever I want to be, Carolyn. And that's the problem we have in the world today. Right. Is we think that that's true. Everybody's an expert. And that perception, as Jordan Peterson might have put it, the narrative is an important part of it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I could ask a child about, um, I don't know, where's, well, uh, where's the sun? And they could say in the sky. And more or less that's true, but if I ask them to explain how it's in the sky, who put it in the sky, how it all came together, and it's not only children, adults are going to have the same struggle with this, they're not going to be able to explain it. Mm -hmm. So you need a narrative. You need a human translation because we only have limited sensorium. We only have limited apparatus to take that in. And then because we've got nothing else, Really, I don't know that the mind's a blank slate. I believe that there's some things that are like a collective consciousness. It's like our, we talked about um, our conscience the other day. Mm -hmm. I think there's mm -hmm. a God conscience in all mm -hmm. of us, you know, that's just encoded and that we really don't. Mm -hmm. And it kind of then partitions the brain or sets the brain up, a platform for the brain to operate off of in human and spiritual terms. It's just a lot of stuff like that. My best explanation of it. But... We have to come up with a story and what we're going to believe. And here's what I want to really get to. There's really only two stories. There's everything human, and then there's everything human that is translated by proxy of virtue, literally so. The mind of God, the mind of Christ. Mm -hmm. Word, living word, Old Testament, New Testament. That's the filter. That's the lens. Lest I would really chase after bizarre things like, I feel like I should be a woman. And I probably need to go find a plastic surgeon who can realign my masculine identity in a physical sort of way so that I could feel more like a woman or could give me something in the way of biochemistry so that you can make my body mm -hmm. do things that would otherwise more organically sort of complement yeah. some things you're just not going to be able to do without right. surgery, but more complement mm -hmm. what I want to be. Now, I'm saying that with all respect mm -hmm. to the fact that people want to be crazy, they can be crazy. All that's doing is sowing discord though among the brethren. And with that, I'm not sure there's any factual basis to that. 
at least with that more traditional model of male-female, you could say, well, the factual basis is you need to have some way to create kids, Mm -hmm. have procreation in mind. Right. But you start moving further and further away from that. Mm -hmm. It's bizarre. It does. Aliens from outer space, intelligent life. Before you know it, they're going to convince you that that woke woke virus. They're going to convince you that there is a disease out there that really isn't out there. That is so lethal, so horrible, but you can't see it because it's beyond your sensorium. But I promise you it's out there. And how do you know you can trust me? Because I have a doctor in front of my name or an MD after my name, and you can trust me because I wouldn't lie to you. No, I don't trust anybody blindly. I certainly don't trust anybody who doesn't believe in God, and I can discern by virtue of the Holy Spirit if somebody's feeding me a lie. Well, the whole thing, the Bible says it in the end times without getting too specific that the people would believe a lie. And I actually told somebody that yesterday. I said, you know, there's so many people that believe in UFOs and aliens. I said, I could see that being a lie uh, that people would actually believe because when the rapture happens and, you know, I believe all the people are going to just disappear, they have to have something to say. And so all this is being set up prior to, you know, it's the people with the doctor, it's people with the badges, you know, you can believe me, you can trust me. Because you can't just go in and change everything all at once. It has to be a slow change because the people won't won't go for that. So it's a it's a setup. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, but I just believe that you know people will believe a lie, but they've bought into it for so long that it makes perfect sense. You know, the people that sow discord, it's going to be discord, but in In some future time, it's going to seem normal. So I can go to a doctor who's an atheist. I don't know that's my preference, but if they're the only one that's available, and trust that that doctor may be able to do whatever is necessary to keep me alive in the moment that I'm in. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to believe that doctor is not outside of even that, if they can. Because there's some people that now say let people die if yeah. they don't do a particular yeah. thing politically or they don't do they don't drink the Kool-Aid right. or they don't I right. mean just let them die. Yeah. That's bizarre. That yeah. is really messed so up thinking. Yeah. But all I'm trying to capture is though, but the more you get into this personal mm-hmm. sort of narrative away from the truth. You're gonna get into humanism mm-hmm. and it's just all childish stuff. I know that minimizes after we've made it such in dramatic fashion such a big deal. But if you look at it that way, it all is the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It all starts in that sort of innocence of childhood, mm-hmm. but it goes wrong. And if you get that generationally going on, the garden. then yes, what you end up yeah. doing is you get this thing mm-hmm. that I believe that Solomon in Proverbs is talking mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. that that's heading in that direction. Right. Right. And this is what we've got. So having established that fully, I would like to give you this opportunity as, as with the person they might see or, or if our listeners may happen to see me through mm-hmm. covenants. Mm-hmm. We already know that. I'm not going to sell you on a personal opinion. Or if I am, I'm going to do like the Apostle Paul said, really not the Word of God, but my opinion, mm-hmm. knowing full well. The further I move from the Word, that's all it is. My opinion. Right, right. 
But if they don't even give you that disclaimer and they don't take it back to God, I don't know that I would, unless it's life or death, I don't know that I hang out with them much. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that with covenants. Right. We, <clears throat> excuse me, we go by the Word of God and we compare everything to that. That's our standard. That's what we hold everything up to and let the Holy Spirit, let God shine the light on what we're looking at so that we can see everything that He wants us to see, not just the parts that we want to see or the parts that we don't want to see. And so that's that's an important part. And I realize that that makes us vulnerable. I realize that there's parts that we don't want to shine the light on. I get that. I so get that. But we are in it together and we're there to be with you during this process. And I think I can speak for David that God works in us in that way too. We're not, we haven't, we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. So, you know, we're still allowing God to shine the light in our lives over well, things. It, it, and then that answers preemptively before I even ask the question that I was going to ask. There's the answer is how do we fix this? Mm-hmm. Well, we fix it by having a standard, yes. But then we also fix it by working through with one another all of these things. Does it make that the, the truth is either singularly so one person's or one group of persons uh, purview or they're the ones that the, are the sole owners of it? No, but it's a dialogue. And, and yes, we're doing that in some human dimension, but more so we're allowing the Holy Spirit as we process it, all for the sake of our humanity, to translate the word, mm-hmm. the truth, According to the narrative that was delivered through the Holy Spirit, that became the Word of God, that in Jesus Christ is brought as resurrection back to life in us in such a manner or way that we would know it not from head, not even from soul heart, but that innermost Holy of Holies, Mm -hmm. the heart being the temple. There's still the Holy of Holies where there is the ark, there's the cherubim, and the mercy seat. But when we go there, then God, and with that attitude in mind, accepting that universally mm-hmm. as the only lens, the filter to find truth, to see truth, then we can have healthy discourse mm-hmm. and conversation. We can even agree to disagree, right. Paul and Barnabas, because there are occasions when there's going to be disagreements. That isn't a sin. That's not the discord. Mm-hmm. The discord that we're talking about, this passage is talking about, is the kind of stuff that sends people to hell. Mm-hmm. It divides the sheep from the goats, from those that are going to heaven, and God doesn't want anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. How do I know that? One, he hates it. Mm-hmm. Two, he didn't do it. The devil did it. And three, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that we have this answer. Now, are you Jesus? No. Am I Jesus? No. I want to be as Christ-like as possible. Right. I want to allow the Holy Spirit to operate in yes. me so we can have this kind of conversation. Yeah. But the answer is Jesus, not the devil, but reconciling mm-hmm. those that are lost is a mandate. Let me say this and then I'll we'll continue. I'm going to remind our listeners for listening too. <laughs> What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett, Master of Small Talk, and Dave Clay, Banter. Yes. So here we go. 
So this notion, though, that it was mandatory that Jesus come. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an option with God. Right. I guess it was, because he could choose not to. Just in the same way that the devil tried to tempt Jesus to send the legion of angel down, mm-hmm. angels down. Surely God's not going to. Mm-hmm. God is a person. <laughs> it's wrong. I want to say person because I want to I don't want to make him human, but I want to make him relatable. Mm-hmm. God is an entity that takes on human characteristic at time for mm-hmm. the sake of our understanding mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. In personal dimension, that sounded better, didn't it? He sent it. He sent Jesus. He could have sent anything. That's it. But when he did, he did that in that same integrity we're called to spiritually. Mm-hmm. We have to reconcile with our brethren. It's not on them. Mm-hmm. It's on us. Right. Why? Because God hates discord. Mm-hmm. Can you be right and then be wrong? Yes, it's okay. Yeah. But you can't let your right create or sow discord. And mm-hmm. you can't fall into the trap of exactly what the devil wants, which is you to practice his mm-hmm. technique, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. to speak, or apply his technique or paradigm for the sake of telling everybody you're right. Because all that's going to do is hammer down the point or hammer even more than this point that you're just another person with an opinion. Right. Not the truth. Just Not the your truth. opinion. It's just your just your perspective, Carol. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about separation about um and that just kind of pinged with me when you said that about God he does separate. He's a God of justice and a God of order. He's not going to you know, well, maybe we'll just do this. You know, he's, that's not him. He's not, a, he's not the author of confusion. However, there is a division, but it's for unity. I was thinking about that, and I thought, well, what does the devil do? You know, discord separates. It divides us, and not in a good way. You know, it's, it's the devil, so, you know, he wants us to be divided. But God wants us to be to come together, even if it is agree to disagree. We're still in unity together. We're still loving each other. And that's the difference, I think, that people get confused on. You and know, I think you're absolutely they right. They see us as trying to divide when really we're not. And, and I also appreciate, I'm so thankful that you added that, because it would not be that you should die for another person in that way. I don't, I don't know that, that we should think of it in those terms. But I do think of it this way. We should think of it in these, these terms. that That's what Jesus did. And as ambassadors of Christ, as one with Christ, we then carry that mantle of forgiveness. We carry the mantle of grace and mercy. The mercy seat. They don't. Should they? Yes. You know, is there time for uh, argument? Possibly so. Uh Maybe even moments of conflict. I can see where that could be right. Mm -hmm. But I think in the end, if reconciliation isn't something you're willing to accept, you're probably not going Mm -hmm. to either get there and doing it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Because that's not what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And in the end, if that's what is required of you, then it is better that one should die for all the people then all the people perish. And that's what we're saying. We can't adopt that attitude Mm -hmm. of I'm right. 
lest we be hypocritical. And you're not going to sell anybody on anything in a hypocritical unless we were genuine enough to honestly admit we need this. Like you said, you said, I don't think you'd mind, David. And I don't mind. That's how it is. But those are two great commandments to know there is but one God, to love him with all our heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and then to love others. But that's really what loving others would be about, is that relationship for the sake of clarification, for the sake of finding Mm -hmm. truth. And what's the ultimate truth? Mm -hmm. Harmony, peace, Mm -hmm. getting along. But Jesus confronted the disciples. Yes, and that is perfectly all right. But in the end, he died for them too. Right. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't all like, you know, feathers and pillows and just, you know, (laughs) bird singing. He got angry with them and confronted them and told them we're not going to do this and you know it it might seem a little bit divisional if somebody's looking at it from the outside you know he's just bossy or he you know he tried to control them or whatever no it was the whole goal was unity and we're going to come together we're going to love people and this is how we're going to do it but that's not our natural inclination you know we we want to serve ourselves. We don't want to lay our life down for somebody else, heaven forbid. Well, because I think you're right. I think we don't see it with that end in mind. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I want to be really careful how I say this. People all have an angle and they're all selfish. That's just the human nature. Right. Everybody. Right. There's just some that are more restrained and mm-hmm. then, unfortunately, some that are more refined and how they get what they want. But either one, you just have to accept. If it's not of the Holy Spirit, if it's not based on the Word of God, if they don't give that evidence Mm -hmm. of that, Mm -hmm. a living Christ in them, then you probably don't want to go too far. Mm -hmm. They may be necessary to save your life if you're on the desert and they Mm -hmm. got water and you don't. Take a drink. Just don't drink of the other well. Right. So I'm going to go to another passage. Oh, okay. You don't have to. Well, you can't if you want to. You're pretty quick with it. Matthew 5, 23, 24. Loosely. Therefore, offering a gift, if you're going to offer a gift at an altar, remember a brother or sister and have memory of a brother or sister has something against you. Leave the gift there in front of the offer. First go and be reconciled unto them and then come and offer the gift. And for the sake of some brevity, which I'm, it's almost impossible for me to be brief. I want to emphasize has something against you. Hmm. It's not about you having ought against them. Hmm. Hopefully by that point you've already released that. But it is important that it be as much about you, Hmm. even in that. And whether you did or didn't do something, that's not what we're really, at least Mm -hmm. I'm not inclined to really want to point out. I'm just saying the responsibility is yours. You can't even make your right offering, what that might be, Mm -hmm. might be just you. If you're going to be uh, that kind of sacrifice, you're going to give your life to Jesus you're going to become that offering not only to Christ or to God for the sake of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Turn your life over to Jesus in that way. But even as you would have a ministry of reconciliation or you would make yourself a, a living sacrifice, right, for others hmm. to cover them. It, it is you. You can't have that. You can't give that and offer that up to God with something like this in your heart. 
if you've not made that correction or reconciliation, it's, it can disrupt. It can tear you up inside. It can create the dissonance can, can really translate into a failure of the whole message. It's a failure of your, not your salvation, but it's, it is, needs to be called out. That's what I'm trying well, to get out. There's no humility because you have to have humility to go to somebody that has something against you. I love that you pointed that out and I don't think it's pointed out very much. And I don't even know that I've looked at it very much in that context where it says that your brother or sister has something against you. So you might think you didn't do anything wrong. Right. And yet you have to go and make things right with them. That's, that's a hard pill for people to swallow, David. Well, it's, it's the verses from Proverbs. God hates that. Yeah. Because it's all about them pride and it's all about as you would right. want to bring, typically bring back itself and selfishness would want to bring it back to. Mm -hmm. And we can't serve ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to serve God and serving God is... The Ten Commandments, the two great commandments. Right, right. And with that, we do that in Jesus and by the power He brings us. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is Jesus speaking in Matthew. Mm -hmm. And that's how important that is and how important reconciliation or restoring that between us and the brethren. Because we're all... Restoration is... is part of the same family. Yeah. Uh, the devil convinces us we're not. Mm -hmm. But you don't get there by otherwise casting people out or trying to create this separation right. of sheep and goat kind of thing or heaven and hell or you're just going to go to hell. That's you, what I was talking about earlier. You resolve that mm -hmm. by forgiving that mm -hmm. and trusting that God can do that to resurrect inside of that other person, hopefully yeah. with some conviction, right. you know, what, some element of conscience, mm -hmm. some awareness. Well, you say you're a Christian and this is what it looks like and maybe there's something to that. Right. You know, you're not just a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're practicing literally what you're preaching right. in that situation. Well, you said it, trust, because, you know, if he tells us to do this, then we must be able to do it. <laughs> We're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do it. But like you said, to trust, and you were referring to the other person, but I think we can trust God to help us do this because in ourselves, in and of ourselves, we don't necessarily may want to do that. We may not even believe it. I mean, I'm just speaking practically, people, <laughs> because I like to go deep and I like to go spiritual, but, you know, we live in this world. We're not of it, but we live in it, and that's an awareness, and that's, that's, and we'll tie this into covenants, that's what we talk about, is becoming aware of things that we don't necessarily know, that we don't know, we don't know what we don't know. And when you find out, you can't unknow it. And so then, then what do you do with that? Well, now you know. Okay, now you read the verse. <laughs> now what are we going to do with that? And so then we would talk about it, about how, and like you said, in a practical way, go to that person and trust God that he's going to, you know, honor our actions and we can be reconciled. But then again, it may not turn out like we think, but we have done our part. We have left our gift and we went and was reconciled. And then we can come back and give our gift. And then that also presupposes then that not only are there once more facts, mm -hmm. but the, the biblical narrative, the mind of God and mind of Christ has in mind or with intention 
then not only reconciliation at the level we're talking about, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but God brings all to some measure of reconciliation in His righteousness Mm -hmm. because He hates discord. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work. Nothing works when two parts can't rightly fit together. And the only way they can rightly fit together is in this notion of the forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So it's not my mind. I mean, even in the end, I might get a glimpse of what it's going to look like. But to get there, there's all sorts of things that have to happen. And my desire to allow God to orchestrate that Mm -hmm. or allow the Holy Spirit to lead me while Mm -hmm. that is happening Mm -hmm. so that I can stay in that place of accord with God so that I can have that assurance that I'm Mm -hmm. operating out of the Holy Spirit, which is the best. That's then what makes reality as God presents it Mm -hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a dead end. All those other narratives are going to end. Right. Wood, hay, and stubble, they're not going to last. Mm-hmm. We love because He first loved us, and we have confidence in the fact, with God as with integrity, He did this, we do this. Right. That's the only way for the good to end, or come mm-hmm. out in good, the end, mm-hmm. to be good, right. to have it turn out the way God promises. Right. And only he knows what is right, and only he knows righteousness, mm-hmm. and what is equitable, mm-hmm. what is fair, and what mm-hmm. is just. The rest of it is a bunch of crazy concoctions. I think that's what we called well, it at the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. See, we can go and do these things, and maybe we question it, you know. And don't even say that you don't question God. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear anybody say that. Um, <clears throat> well, if you do, it's okay, but. <laughs> You know, because we are um, human and we have thoughts that are not his thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So we have to line our thoughts and ways up with him and hold it up to him to see what does the word say about it. And that's what we do at Covenants. And in a healthy way, not a shameful or condemning way, but... You know, when I speak to somebody, I'm right there with you. I understand. I, you know, you read these verses and that some people will say, well, that's a really hard verse. I don't know if I can do that. Well, I understand that. And, you know, God understands that too. And so that's why there's so many, so many instances and stories of people, you know, being brought back together and reconciliation and a prodigal son. I mean, there's just so many times where God has restored families and, and even people, even you know, when they were demon-possessed and, and, you know, the man said his son hadn't been right in so many years and what went off and lived in caves or whatever, you know, just so many things that restoration. I think I love that, that you said restoration because it just goes back to Jesus. I mean, <laughs> from the, all in the family beginning, from the very beginning, it was restoration because he had to be, he had to come it's all so in the, that we could be with him. It's all in the family. It's we're, all we're not, restoration. <laughs> you started out with that idea of family and discord. Yeah, yeah. It's all in the family. Now, mm-hmm. now I did think about them. What would be like a really good example of a bib- bunker? Biblical. Well, I was thinking more biblical context. <laughs> well, you said all in the family. <laughs> but at the same time, I uh, thought about Ishmael and Isaac. Hmm. And was that not a perfect situation for there to be discord? And we've already kind of speculated that Abraham came out of somewhat of a similar circumstance with the Chaldeans, Mm -hmm. land of the Chaldeans, uh, when God met him and Sarah on uh, their journeys, their road, so to speak, to where he was calling them to, unbeknownst to them at the time. But this notion of 
even that. They tried to figure it out themselves. They knew something had to happen. They were human. They were human. Mm -hmm. But even when they did that, and it created these two peoples. This, yeah. (laughs) They didn't fight. (sighs) There is no record of at least overt conflict Mm -hmm. in this way between Isaac and Ishmael. At least at that point between the two of them. However, look what it's gotten to. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought about that, and, and certainly I'm, I have no credibility as much of anything, but certainly in these areas. I'm not a political scientist. I don't know much about geopolitics. Uh, I don't even know that much about cultures to want to hold myself as some sort of expert about different cultures or religions even. All I know is this, though. There's no reason that the nation of Islam and Christians should be fighting in such a way. No way in the world. Now, you could say, well, the Arabs and all that, you know, and I'm sure that there's going to be those that are going to kind of... But this is really, again, how it's going to end. Mm -hmm. you got these folks, but most of the people in the world, they're not even religious at all. At least with the nation of Islam or Muslim community, I believe they're very passionate and very religious in their pursuit. Just as I hope that the Jewish people are, just as I hope that Christians are. We know what it's like to have, we want to have a relationship with God. The rest of the world are heathen, are kind of heathen in that sort of way. I don't want to take away from other religions, but the the point I'm trying to make, though, and I've already confessed, I'm not an expert at that, but the point I'm trying to make, though, is that basically why it would turn out the way it's turned out would have to be the devil Mm -hmm. and the same workings. And it's so easy to fall into the trap Mm -hmm. of all these things, pride. Right, right. All of this sort of notion of division, all this Mm -hmm. somebody's got to be right, somebody's got to be wrong. They've all missed the point. Mm -hmm. The royal law comes back to, again, reconciliation and restoration, Mm -hmm. not discord. Right. If you are doing nothing but creating more discord, this passage in Proverbs Mm -hmm. is telling us, red flag, Mm -hmm. don't follow. Having to be right, (laughs) That's that's a big one for people. And, you know, I get it, especially the more passionate you are about the subject, the more you, you kind of have to be right, you know, because that's your thing. That's what you're passionate about. But that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it's helpful, you know. Well, and, it, and again, it, it kind of takes on the template of Satan. Mm-hmm. Proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. I want our listeners to listen to this. Mm-hmm. You talked about being very practical. I'm asking you to be very practical. Mm -hmm. Proud look, lying tongues, shedding innocent blood, hearts that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. You're not going to have anything but discord. And I think that's probably why Solomon Mm -hmm. sort of said, these six and now seven. Mm -hmm. But also why I think in that sort of way that seven represents somewhat of a continued dimension. It's not Mm -hmm. eternal in the sense of of those things that otherwise are of God Mm -hmm. that are spoken of because he is eternal. But maybe there is always going to be the potential as long as there's humans. For all this to happen. But when you get to that point that everything is about discord, mm-hmm. somebody 
if not most of us, are missing the point. Right. Not only should we recognize them, <laughs> but as the old saying, it takes one to know one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you have to be willing to admit yeah. this is in you right. to do this, your human nature. Mm-hmm. And watch, the devil is masterful. Mm-hmm. Jesus in the wilderness, attempting us in such a way to move right. us off of this royal law that we're talking about. Right. Which is not, that's why it's not shame and, and condemnation. It's because we're, you know, susceptible, I can't say that, to his lies. And I want to point out one thing that, and I, I'm like, yeah, I want to say this correctly. It says six. Yea, seven things that God hates. Mm-hmm. Hates. Mm-hmm. So he hates it. So it's a big, we know, it's a big giant red flag. So he's saying, don't do these things. I hate these things. And if he hates them, then obviously he won't be around them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not unforgivable. No, it's the standard that we spoke of earlier. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's the standard. He's raising the flag to let you know that there's something wrong and that it needs reconciliation as with the altar. Yeah. Go before, before you offer yourself to him, make sure you understand what sanctification is and cleansing Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. in Jesus and know what this, the end of all this is going to come to with humans. Right. Right. Humility and being vulnerable, allowing yourself to hear the truth, to hear somebody say, you know, that's going to kill you. And, and you know, well, that's not going to hurt me. Well, yeah, it will in the end, but you can't see it now. And so God is telling us these things because, you know, there's some of these things, you know, maybe our listeners feel like, you know, well, I've done that and, you know, God hates me. No, he wants you to be with him. That's why he's telling you not to do these things. <laughs> why he's using us to yeah. in this most of public. And that's why we do the podcast. I want everybody that would be willing to listen before you ever call us or come in. You need to know us. And right. if we're not where you want to be, don't come see us. Yeah. That is the, that's the best advice that yeah. I could give. Right. Don't. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Because we're oh, going to be real maybe, maybe, and we're going to be honest. Maybe we could be a good witness to testify and maybe it change people's hearts. I want to go to this notion of royal law. I mentioned a couple times, James 2, 8 through 12 in the New Testament speaks of the royal law. And with that, Leviticus 19. But all it really comes down to is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But Leviticus 19 is the Torah. It's the common denominator between those religions I mentioned earlier. Christianity, the Hebrew people, mm-hmm. as well as the Muslim. We all believe in the Torah. You shall love your neighbor as self. That is the royal law. It is the Ten Commandments as in Exodus chapter 20. Mm-hmm. It is this idea though, that we have to practice what we preach. Mm-hmm. You know, you could look and say, well, those folks don't do this, and why should I do it? Or these folks do that, and why should I do it? Well, there's going to be human differences, and not everybody's going to be at the same place right. you are, and right. some are going to be better and sanctified right. more or less, or allow the Holy Spirit to or sanctify them. along on their journey, yes. and they learn more. Yes. But the one thing we know is, you're never going to make it with God. If you don't understand Mm -hmm. the power of his grace and mercy, not only as with principle, Mm -hmm. ideology, 
a head thing, heart thing, but more even than heart thing, a Holy Spirit thing. Because if you're not operating out of that, I'm not sure you're allowing the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to have His say in your life. Yeah. And that's, that's not always easy. You know, I mean, you... I know it should be. Maybe you don't like my answer just now. But sometimes we struggle with that. I mean, would you agree? I don't want... Are you, are you adjusting your halo over there? <laughs> well, you must have a mirror because I got no halo on. <laughs> <laughs> because I just feel like, you know, um, allowing people to know that... Okay, you know, so this is where you're at, and then we're going to walk, you know, with Jesus, and we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, and we're going to move towards Him, move towards God, and that's how we're going to do it, but it's not going to come by our own, you know, volition. We have to sometimes listen to the Holy Spirit, what He's nudging us to do, and sometimes it's scary, sometimes we don't like it, but that's always in our best interest. God knows way better than we do and you know i like to think of job you know all those chapters where he's like da, 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 you know talking to god and then god's like okay i'm done listening to you you're gonna listen to me now and where were you when i thought of all this and so you know sometimes we have to humble ourselves and realize well, he does know way better than we can ever know and and if the question becomes one of not necessarily adjusting halos but convictions mm -hmm. i'm constantly yeah trying to appreciate conviction. Mm -hmm. If I start to feel guilty and ashamed, I don't run from it. I try to figure out why. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not that I am not without or immune to having rationalizations. I can rationalize with the best of them. But those are all those vain imaginings, right. the wicked imaginations. Right. Right. I could even try to sell you on a bunch of my thoughts so that I could justify myself, which is a selfish intention. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to. But I do need... Like right. you just point out, right. I do need people to be able to say, wait a minute, where is the mirror here? Mm -hmm. Are you looking at yourself? Are you looking at me when you're saying that? Is it coming from the best place in you? Have you gone, taken your offering to the altar and realized that there's someone that has some ought against you? And have you gone the distance? Have you laid down or aside uh, the apologetics and you know again that's arguing but it's not arguing and, and it's not intention to sow discord it, it would be again and we do some of that in counseling just like you pointed out with the, the halo thing we do that some in counseling too and people should expect that mm -hmm. but it isn't that I am the one with the halo and you're not or you're the one with the halo and, and I'm not or they're not it's that this is how God fulfills makes us, it really it may be the sanctification, mm -hmm. capable then of actually taking our lives and offering it to Him mm -hmm. with royal law as that standard, mm -hmm. and with that then, integrity, mm -hmm. with those parts of us cleansed, right. so that we can go into the Holy of Holies, we understand what it's taken. Mm -hmm. To bring this about. It took right. God to bring this about. We love because He first loved us. I said right. that earlier in the podcast. But when we begin to see it that way and in that dimension, mm -hmm. then we're right mm -hmm. before the Lord and we can rightly then work together and right. still disagree maybe in mm -hmm. certain, on certain points, but we're going to love one another. Right, as ourselves. It's not codependency. Mm -hmm. It's not excusing it. Mm -hmm. 
But it's got to have the truth, and that's the standard. Right. The right. Old Testament has to be there to make sure we know the standard. Right. Speak the truth. Then we practice that mm -hmm. in grace and mercy and love as with in the love. New, yep. New Testament. And then the two together right. really is the only way that God fixes the discord. Mm -hmm. Jesus had to come so the discord would be fixed. Mm -hmm. God owned it like he was telling us to own it. Mm -hmm. So he sent his son. It has to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And even so, the devil doesn't deserve anything. But God gave him his son, at least subjected his son to it. Mm -hmm. Just to prove the fact, though, that the devil, as long as he's in all this stuff that we read in Proverbs at mm -hmm. the start, it's never going to work. But if you're in all of that... It's never going to work. And in the end, don't be surprised if God your offering isn't sanctified and then God could not use it, that you have no place with Jesus at that point. No unity. No unity because you're not um, in unity with God. And I, I love that. I love how that all ties together. And I hope our listeners understand where we're coming from and understand how we're... Um, not about pointing out faults. None of us have halos. Um, but when we do get a, a perceived crown in our humility, we just want to throw it back at Jesus' feet. We don't put it on our head because it's not really ours anyway. It's like you said, kind of understanding where all that comes from and what it meant and seeing all the sin that he died for, not just... Oh, it's great. You know, I got saved by grace through faith. And that's correct. But we got to stop and look. What exactly does that mean? What was all that stuff that, what exactly he died for? And really grasp. Yeah. Right, rightly discern the word. Yes. Yeah. Enter in. The depth uh, of his love. Worthily into communion with yeah. him. So we've talked enough about it, <laughs> covenants. How do folks get a hold of us should they want to? Well, we would love that if you would give us a call, 304-528-9220. And it would be even better if we got an email from somebody. I'd love to hear from our listeners, even if it's just a, you know, let us know that you listen to us or listen to our podcast. You can email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go online and check out our website, covenantsonline.com. Or you can also see us on Facebook under Covenants, and we also post a link to the podcast there. So I didn't do any bantering today. I'm not the master of small talk quite like you are, but I will try harder next time. So I hope our listeners have enjoyed the podcast today, and should they yes, want sir. to come back, either for the message or just my bantering, our bantering, yes, yes. Uh, they're welcome to come back, and uh, would want to invite them back. To what? What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And until then, we sincerely wish you the best and that you be blessed in Jesus Christ.